0: clean you're used to. The idea is simple. They offer refillable cleaning products with a beautiful cohesive design that looks great on your counter. Fill your reusable bottles with water, drop in the tablets, and wait for them to dissolve. Genius! You'll never have to grab bulky cleaning supplies on your grocery run again. Refills start at just 225 Blue Land is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine, y'all. When I received my first shipment of Blue Land, I was blown away by how this simple concept just makes so much sense. It's so easy. You just drop the tablet into the stylish functional bottles and get your clean on. I love the subscription option because I am not trying to get one more bulky item in my cart. Blueland products really get the job done and leave my home smelling so fresh. Fresh and clean Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners right now get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash clink you won't want to miss this guys blueland.com slash clink for 15% off
1: hi and welcome to housewives of true crime welcome welcome i am tabitha Welcome. Welcome. Housewives of True Crime. Welcome. Where we talk true crime.
2: At nighttime. So fun. So fun. Sleep Gretchen's over. here for
1: nighttime. We just asked her husband if she could stay the night. He agreed. Yeah. So we opened ourselves a bottle of rosé. Rosé all day. So we can drink it and all night. day and night. Yeah. <laughs> clink, clink to that, Gretchen. Clink. Clink. All right, this week I'm talking about a little brat. Oh, okay. Okay. Or a big brat. Or a big fucker. Oh, okay. I'm going to tell you all about it. Okay, can't wait to hear. Since you just had the fluenza. I did have the fluenza. I'm going to talk about the At least it wasn't the coronavirus. (laughs) Yeah, right? Seriously. So... Before I get into that, I want to tell you this uh, thing that happened to me this week. Oh, what happened? Well, you know, my kids play sports. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I'm rushing from one sport to the next sport, and I'm trying to get to see the m- most of the game as I can. And so on Sunday, I'm going from one basketball game to the next basketball game, and I'm going to only see the fourth quarter. And so I'm real late, and I have the two boys in tow. My daughter's playing basketball. We get to the school and the school is all roped off in caution tape. The stairs that go up to the doors that lead to this
2: gym. You're like coronavirus. Fuck. Fuck. I'm like,
1: where's my kid? But that's not what I was thinking. I was like, what are they doing? These stairs look fine. I don't know what this like tape is for. I go under the tape. I'm like, come on, boys, let's go. Hot trot my way to the doors. I start trying to like pull on the doors. The doors are not opening. I'm like, what the fuck is going on here? This guy starts running from the parking lot with his hard hat on. He's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to get in the gym. What do you think I'm doing? He's like, you're walking on wet cement.
2: Oh my God. (laughs) My worst nightmare.
1: I was like, I looked down. I'm like, oh shit. I trumpled through with my two kids plus two girls behind me thought I guess they she's doing it so I'm going to do it and so the whole entire thing was done done for so i was like oh so sorry i didn't know where to go he's like read the fucking signs lady oh my god so i get into the i get into the the i find the side Sideway side way where I was supposed Were you to be wearing your fancy golden goose shoes. I wasn't, but I was wearing heels. I was wearing like boots. Aww. I know. So I get into the auditorium. I tell Sean, he's like, did you not see all the caution tape? Dude, I was like, my husband yeah. would have fucking killed me. Oh, he was so mad too. I was like, yeah, I did. But he's like, well, didn't you think that that means don't cross? I was like, I didn't know where to go. So I just was trying to get in there as fast as possible. And, yeah, when I got out, the guys were redoing the whole thing. Oh, God. Uh Tab. I know. What an idiot I am. You really are. So dumb. Sometimes. God, I wonder where my brain's gone. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my mishap for the week, Gretchy. Okay. You have any mishaps? Well, I took my
2: kids to Knott's Berry Farm. That's not a mishap. No, it wasn't a mishap. I got, um, I got well, listen, I bought, I brought like a full pump bottle of hand sanitizer because I did not want to pick up anything else while we were there. So I sanitized the shit out of them Yeah. after every coming and going on rides. But, um, yeah, it was a rainy day. It was awesome. Uh, the only, the mishap was, it wasn't really raining though. It was like misty day. Yeah, it was misty, but yeah. enough to keep the crowds away. So it was
1: perfect. Yeah, people in California can't handle mist.
2: Yeah, no. So it was, it was a great day. I discovered the uh, Calico Ghost Town restaurant where you can sit down and have a cocktail. I can't wait to go there. Oh, yeah. You got to bring the kids and go to Knott's. I got it figured out now. We did that. And then we went into, they have this little um, area where they have horses and little pigs. Cute. Yeah. And we met we met the character. We're yeah. the only people in there. His name is Pigpen. Yes, Pigpen. I know. That's like from
1: um, all the characters there at Knott's Berry Farm are... Charlie Brown. Charlie Brown.
2: Yeah. So we're like trying to... My kids love horses. So we're trying to like pet the horse. And Pigpen would not stop nuzzling the horse. He, (laughs) He was taking a lot of turns. Pigpen, the guy that worked there. Pigpen, the character standing next to the horse, he would not... He wouldn't let like, it go. He wouldn't let your kids back. No, the he horns. wouldn't let my kids get in there. And so I had to, like, say to him, okay, pig pen, it's our turn now.
1: Oh, my God. Like a five-year-old?
2: Yeah, like a five-year-old. But it was seriously, it was like, what is, like, it's for the children, right? Listen. I mean. He it- was clearly annoyed with me from within his costume and, like, turned around and then came right back at the second, you know, and started... <laughs> petting the horse again. Oh, my God. And so then totally loud enough for him to hear, I said to my husband, like, hey, guess what? Pigpen's a total asshole. <laughs> I,
1: think, I think you have to think deeper than that, Gretchen, literally. Like, what kind of person wants to be in the pigpen suit all day long?
2: Well, whatever. <laughs> I think it'd be real fun petting horses, hugging children. Maybe yeah. it's kind of creepy. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Anyhow, okay. and then um, we took our kids on a roller coaster, Mm-hmm. A, a, like a, a mild one. It's like in-cap Snoopy. But, okay, yeah. But we kind of forced them to do it, and my daughter Ruby is real traumatized by the whole thing. Still? Still. Hi, She's Chihuahuas. like real mad. She talks about it every day. God. And come we're like, on. you know, you really need to suck it suck up. Suck it up. That's what nice I say. A to my kids. Up, we told her, like, to be a grown up, you have to ride roller coasters. Yeah. Sorry. And <laughs> she's like, Mom, is that part of your job to ride roller coasters? I'm like, Yeah, you yep. have to talk about it. Like, <laughs> everything she says, she comes at us. She's like, Well, what if I want to be a, a doctor? We're like, Doctors have to test roller coasters to make sure they're okay for sick people. <laughs> boom oh my god you're such a crazy person (laughs) everything we're like nope you just you have to write on them the rest of the family likes them you have to do it
1: oh my god does that
2: make me a bad parent
1: yes kind of but not really i mean i don't know you're gonna totally get slacked for that (sighs) one star
2: sorry bad mom listen, put it on my personal page. I will personally (laughs) Facebook friend you. I don't give a fuck. You're a horrible person. (laughs) Yeah. Horrible. Tell me personally, just don't put it on iTunes, please.
1: (laughs) Whatever you do. (laughs) Yeah. So I think we should tell the story. Oh yeah. For today. I have a couple things to talk about before that in between this to lead up. okay? Okay. But we'll start right after this music break. So, Gretchy, mm-hmm. I told you this was the case of the fluenza, but it's not. It's the affluenza case. And, you know, you're the one that told me to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Gretchy and I were talking one morning about privilege because we both live in cities where there's lots of wealth. And it's not common for me to see 16-year-olds driving G-wagons.
2: Yeah. Right. It is common for you. I mean, it's not uncommon. Yeah. Uncom- uncom- yeah.
1: It's common. Yeah, it's common. More common than I would like to see. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's craziness. Yeah. It's and Gretchy lives in the OC and people are probably driving G-wagons there with their 16-year-old kids.
2: <sighs> I'm not. Or BMWs or whatever. Yeah, whatever. Fanciness. Yeah.
1: So Gretchen says to me, after we were looking at birthday party Instagram, that looked a little bit crazy Mm -hmm. that I should do a case about the influenza teen. And I said, I,
2: I just, I don't know. Like he just went off the rails and killed a bunch of kids. Right. That's all I thought. I didn't even remember exactly what he did. I just remembered that that was his plea.
1: Yeah, okay, so that's why you told me. And yeah. then I also just was like, oh, I, I don't think it's a case that I need to tell. And I called you back and I said, hey, I don't, I don't think I'm going to do that. That's not like anything. But you told me, you were like, just look into it more and see. And you know what, Gretchen, you were right. It is a story that I think needs to be told. Okay. So, Okay, so Gretchen, this incident happens to come out of Burleson, Texas which is in Tarrant County where my in-laws live. Oh, they also live in Tarrant County. It's in Fort Worth area of Texas. And it's a population of approximately 50,000 people and you can buy a real cute 4 bedroom home for just over $200,000 and a fancy pants home for under $500,000. So in. This town seriously is the reason I love Texas. Yeah. Like so much, man. You can get so much and the towns are so cute. I just freaking love it.
2: Yeah. I've been trying to get out there for a while. You're,
1: you're, you might actually stay if you go there. Yeah. Well, on June 15th, the people in town were doing what normal people do. A family, the Boyles, were having a nice time at home with their 21-year-old daughter who was visiting from nursing school. A kid named Ethan Couch was having a party with his seven high school friends. And someone else was having a graduation party, and others were just driving to and from where they needed to go. Seems like a typical night in the U.S. of A. Until a series of unfortunate events would change all these people's lives forever. It started with a young 24-year-old woman, Brianna Mitchell, who was on her way home from work. She did catering, so it was pretty late, 11 o'clock or so at night. Her car pops a tire, and she skids into the mailbox of the Boyles residence. The Boyles, Eric, Shelby, and Holly, the nursing student, go outside to see what on earth is going on, and they see Brianna distraught, and they rush to help her. At the same time this is happening, the graduation party down the road has ended, and the youth pastor, Brian Jennings, was going to take the chairs back to the church because they borrowed them, you know, for the night. He had two young boys help him. He said, hey, jump in the truck. Come help me take these chairs home. Well, as they were driving to the church, they see the commotion at the Boyles residence and stop to see what's going on. Brian jumps out of the truck, leaving the two boys in the back seat, says, hey, keep your seatbelts on, wait right there. Well, back at the party going on at Ethan Couch's house where, you know, the eight kids are playing beer pong, shooting alcohol called Everclear. You know that alcohol? Yes. I've heard of it. It's bananas. It's 109 proof. Grudgy. Yeah. I call it like a liver killer. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the girls at this party, she says she needs to go to the store down the road. I can't find anywhere why she needs to go to the store, but knowing myself at 15, 16 year old, maybe she needs some Boone's farm and some snacks, snacks, something. I mean, these kids were 15 and 16, so all eight kids decide to jump in Ethan's. F-350 truck with Ethan at the wheel and five of his friends in the cab of his truck and two riding in the bed of his truck. In Texas, you can actually ride in the bed of a truck if you're over 18 and in an emergency situation, if you're under 18. Okay. Also the fine for children in the bed of your truck is between $25 and $200. Okay. So I don't think that they're really heavily discouraging it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like in California, you would never see anybody in the bed of a truck. It's like very, have you ever seen it? I saw it in the 80s. Yeah.
2: I remember in the 80s doing that. And I remember one time in high school, and I think that I did ride in the back of a truck. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think we laid down Yes, until we got there so we wouldn't get a ticket. Yes.
1: I remember doing that also. But it was not smart. No, it's for sure not smart. But I don't think it's uncommon in Texas to see people riding in the back of a truck.
2: Kind of right. like in Mexico. Oh, no. And listen, like, when I lived in Kauai, it was legal. And oh, people, yeah. people rode in the back of trucks all the time. It was no yeah. big deal. We picked up hitchhikers like on the regular. Right.
1: Right. So... Back to these kids that decide to ride in their intoxicated friend's truck to the store. While they were all having a great time, Ethan decides to be a cocky asshole and starts playing chicken with the oncoming traffic at 70 miles an hour. While the friends in the car start begging Ethan to not be such a fucking loser... He overcorrects, skids out, and barrels into Jason's truck with the two kids inside. No braking, no time to react. His massive truck then hits Brianna, Holly, Shelby, and Jason, sprawling them all over the road. Oh my God. His truck then rolls 180 degrees, throwing out his passengers in the bed of his truck, And crushing his entire cab. Eric Boyles had just stepped away to drag in his mailbox to his garage. When he heard what he could only describe as what he would expect an earthquake to sound like. Neighbors also heard the sound rushing out to see what was going on. And the scene was horrific. People were laying dead or severely injured for yards. Bodies were thrown 20 feet down the road. It was gruesome and devastating as Eric had to find his loved ones dead. Jason's wife actually just happened to be on the scene as well as she was driving home with her children when they got out and witnessed their father and her husband dead on the street. Luckily, the two boys had kept their seatbelts on in his truck and survived even though they creamed across the road and into a tree. Wow. Brianna, Jason, Shelby, and Holly all died at the scene of the crime. Ethan crawled out of his truck, looking at the scene he had just caused, and walked away. He walked about a quarter of a mile down the road where he eventually passed out. What a fucker. Wow. I mean, you can't even like believe it. How could you do that? He just left Ethan's friends all survived all of them, even the guys in the back of the truck. But one of them in the bed of his truck, his best friend is so severely injured. He cannot take care of himself any longer. He has severe brain damage and has to speak like only with his eyes, you know, on oh one of those God. screens. So although he is alive, his whole life, I feel like was taken from him. Right. Right. People from the streets were on the move to help, and a few 911 calls came in, and I will play a couple of them here for you so you can hear the scene.
2: County 911, what is your emergency? Uh, There's a multi-car accident out front of my house. There's four or five kids, there's kids laying in ditches and streets. Are you with the accident right now?
0: Oh
2: my! I oh risk yes, there's another child in the ditch. Oh my god! Oh my god! We've got one laying on the road, unconscious. They say he's breathing.
1: One neighbor actually found Ethan passed out, and when he woke him up, Ethan was real delirious and a little aggressive. But when he finally came to, the neighbor asked him his name, and he said, "I am Ethan. Remember my name. I can get you out of all of this." is the one sentence that makes this tragedy so much more than a one-time misstep by a teenage boy, which I originally thought. You see, Ethan wasn't concerned in the slightest at the time of the accident, when he was woken up from the accident, or even after the accident, about his part in the whole tragedy. And this is what makes this story drive you mad. Why how what happened to make this 16-year-old boy not remorseful for the situation of travesty he just caused? Why was this 16-year-old boy driving an F350? A truck that's so fucking big. Like I was trying to figure out like is it a dually? It's like an F350?
2: Yeah, I don't even know. I mean, my husband drives an F150, and that's a big truck. It's a big truck. Yeah. An F-350, dude,
1: like he shouldn't be driving it drunk, but maybe he shouldn't be driving it at all. Yeah. Why was a 16-year-old boy having a party at his house where his parents out of town? Because that's the only time I know that I had a party at my house. Right. Well, what I'm going to tell you, Gretchie, and the rest of the world, it's going to shock you as a parent. And I hope you and I and everybody makes us better parents, or at least we can think that we're doing okay, because, you know, a lot of times I feel like I'm a bad parent. We talk about that a lot, but this is going to make us feel like real good parents.
2: Oh, okay. Okay. Bring it.
1: What made Ethan Couch a fuck of a teenager happened long before Ethan became a teen. It started pretty much before Ethan was born. There was a divorcee man named Fred Couch. Fred ran a sheet metal and roofing company that made millions. Fred is described as a man with a short fuse, bad mouth, big redneck sort of guy. Listen, Gretchy, I feel like that's kind of like your type, (laughs) (laughs) which is totally cool.
2: Yeah, which is totally cool. Except
1: if you're Fred couch. Yeah, That's what I'm saying.
2: We like the rednecks, just not the couches. I'm related to many. Yeah. (laughs)
1: Me too. Yeah. And a woman by the name of Tanya, also a divorcee, didn't graduate high school, got knocked up in an early age and popped out a couple of kids before she met Fred. She also was no saint. She had a bit of a temper herself and was previously arrested for running somebody off the road. Well, Fred and Tanya fell in love and shortly after marrying, brought little Ethan into the crazy world in 1997 Fred and Tanya's relationship was tumultuous and Ethan was often in the middle of their crazy heated fights. And by the time Ethan was nine in 2006, Fred and Tanya had divorced. Fred said to a social worker upon the divorce that Tanya was a pill popping drug addict. And Tanya said, Fred was an abusive asshole. While Ethan saw both parents, he did spend most of his time with Tanya in their big house, equipped with everything a child would want. However, they didn't really treat Ethan like a child. What was, t- what you know, they said in the court files was he was adultified. Ethan, at a very young age, and Tanya had. A real codependent relationship. Tanya called Ethan her protector. Okay. Which is interesting for a mother to call her son. Yeah. Each of the parents wanted the best for Ethan though. So they enrolled him in a fancy private school with, for kids with a high IQ. Ethan attended the school and was liked by his teachers. By 2011, Tanya and Fred remarried. I mean, sometimes the drama is hard to stay away from. And by the time Ethan was 13, he was driving himself to school in his father's new car. The teachers thought this was super odd and unsafe as, you know, usually you wait to get a license to drive. Oh, geez. Yeah. And that usually happens at 16. Yeah. Yeah. Not 13? Yeah. Well, no, not Ethan. His father sent him on his way in his car. And when the school confronted Fred on the matter, he bit the principal's head off and told them that he would buy the school and basically shut the front door. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So this is the type of parent we're dealing with here. Tanya knew her son was driving as well and thought nothing of it. I have a feeling she was like high on Xanax and other
2: shit that didn't give her a flying Yeah, clock. well, that's a problem. If you think you could, your child can break the law and you're above it, that sends a bad message. That's right. Yeah. That's why he thinks he can just
1: get... Get away with anything. Out of it. That's right. Real quick. I also had a friend in high school whose mom let me drive when I was 15. Did you know
2: that? I had a burner's permit. She was
1: like drunk or something. Yeah. She was a closet alcoholic. So she would, but as a kid,
2: I had a friend that picked me. I, I had more than one friend who was driving at like 14 and we were driving around town, but we definitely knew we would get in trouble if we got caught doing it. I mean, we definitely lied about it. Yeah. She probably snuck out and got the car. I just never told my parents that she was not 16. She came and picked me up and they just were like, she assumed she was. If they would have found out that she was only 14, (laughs) then yeah, it would have been a problem. My mom didn't know I was doing that.
1: Hell no. I would have been so in trouble. Yeah. But as a 15 year old, I was like, heck yeah, this is awesome. Oh yeah, you're not
2: thinking anything. You're like... Yeah. So
1: I'm pretty sure Sure. Ethan probably at 13 also was like, fuck yeah, I'm driving in my ass to school. Yeah. You know? So at the age of 15, Fred ended up pulling Ethan from this school, stating that he was too good for the school. Oi. I mean, this guy is a real class act. Right. I can't stand people like him, actually. No, not at all. So there's no accountability. And it sounds real narcissistic to me. So instead of, you know, schooling Ethan at home, the couches, they moved into a brand new, amazing 8,000 square foot ranch home, sans Ethan. That means without, without Ethan, Ethan got to live in the extra house, which Fred said was Ethan was going to help him fix it up which I can't imagine Ethan lifting a freaking finger other than to put a bump on it. You know what I mean? So basically Ethan lived in the other house alone at 15 where he was having parties and doing whatever the F he wanted. Oh, geez. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, 16 year old, 15 year old boy with absolutely no restriction It doesn't, it, it's pretty,
2: oh yeah. I mean, who wouldn't do that? Right. Oh, yeah. It's not really the, even the kids' fault. It's the parents' fault. It's totally the parents' fault.
1: Ethan has admitted that alcohol ran freely in his house, along with marijuana, pills, Vicodin, Percocets, cocaine, and even ecstasy. At this very young age. That's Crazy. Crazy. This is not, this is a recipe for disaster, a real disastrous life, not even like a short term disaster. And I think we see these types, you know, on the side of the freeway begging for money for their fix, you know? So just four months before this tragic incident that happened, Ethan was just 15 at the time. He was pulled over for peeing in public in a parking lot. Gretchen, we better watch out (laughs) on our road trips. You know, I mean, you got to go. You got to go. Yeah, go. I understand that. But when the cops show up, Ethan is not alone. Ethan has a 14-year-old girl inside his car naked, passed out. Ethan's mom has to come and get him and the girl. And Ethan has written a citation, which he gets community service and has to do an alcohol class, which
2: he didn't do. Listen, that's pretty, that's going real easy because if he was, he had to do an alcohol class, obviously he was like drunk or something. I mean, yeah, he was intoxicated. I've heard of people being given a DUI while they're in a parked car. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that, too. Yeah, I mean, if you have the key on you or something, I mean, they could just give you a DUI, whether you're driving in or not. Yeah. So he got off real lucky just having to take the class.
1: Yeah, he just had to take the class, and he had to do community service. Okay? Okay. His mother didn't even tell his father the truth about this incident, and ultimately, no consequences were handed to Ethan. He never did the alcohol class. And he never did the community service, which I feel like any kind of consequence maybe would have saved these four families' lives. Now we're here at the time of the accident, and we wonder why Ethan said he could get out of the situation. Well, it's because Ethan has only known to use his wealth to get out of sticky situations, and it wouldn't stop here. His parents, of course, hire the best of the best for their precious, well-behaved, respectful, honorable son. Well, these attorneys knew where to pull in a psychologist who would interview Ethan and determine that because Ethan has so much privilege in his life and has never been told no by his parents, which is true, he is suffering from a made up term called affluenza, not influenza. Gretchen, right? There's no vaccine for this one. Yeah. Affluenza is a psychological malaise supposedly affecting wealthy young people, systems, systems, symptoms of which include a lack of motivation, feelings of guilt, and a sense of isolation. The crazy thing is you can now Google affluenza and find a bunch of stuff on it. For instance, Individuals who suffer from affluenza fail to recognize the societal repercussions of their actions, which may cause mental or physical harm or anguish upon others. Also, affluenza also refers to a single-minded pursuit of accumulating wealth and success, which has potential to damage relationships and cause depression and or anxiety. It is in the Webster Dictionary.
2: Yeah. Well, listen, I get it. Cause you know what we, and we all kind of fall into it. Have F1, I, but- some people. Yeah. I, I can see if you have a ton of money, like how it would be easier to fall into it even more because we all have Amazon, you know, access to that, you know, at our doors, our kids say they want something and we're like, yeah. Okay. Just order it on your Alexa. Let's just, let's just get you that. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be the next, the next thing. And we are also distracted on our phones. True. That we're like, yeah, let's put them in front of the computer or whatever. And so they figure out what they want. Yeah, it's true.
1: So the judge, a woman who was known for trying to rehab teens instead of putting them in the clink, let Ethan off with a slap on the wrist. Rehab and probation. Ethan's parents send him straight to rehab in no other than Newport Beach, California. No way. Yeah. This rehab, Gretchen, they do spa treatments and horseback riding and get back to nature to heal with the great price tag of $100,000.
2: Oh, my God. You
1: can't even like make this shit out If that too. judge
2: had any concept of what this is, she would know that rehab for him would be hard work. He needs to be it, taken it would be down like to. military. Yeah. Yeah. Military he needs something rehab. Something like that. Yeah. He needs yeah. to be taken down notches. Yes.
1: How about go to another place and help people? How about understand what. It is
2: to not have anything, anything. serve people live without everything. Yeah. That's what he needed.
1: You would think that after basically winning the judicial lottery, maybe you would stop while you were ahead, but no, not long after a video was released on Twitter of Ethan partying and playing beer pong again, which was against his probation. And what did Ethan do? Well, He fled with his mother to Mexico. Oh, God, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's right. As soon as Ethan's mom got word of her precious son, maybe, in fact, have to go to jail for violating his parole, they darted to Puerto Vallarta, Mexico. Oh, my gosh. For some tacos and Coronas. And I'm not talking about the
2: coronavirus. Gosh, it's reminding me of Andrew Lester, how his parents help him. I know. Flee the law. Yeah. Go to Mexico.
1: Well, it didn't take too long for authorities to find Ethan and his mom because they used their cell phone to order some pizza and the authorities were notified and, you know, just like the dog, the bounty hunter. Yeah. Got a tip. Got a tip. Took him down and Ethan was ordered to 720 days in jail. Only 720 days. Yeah, I know. He only got for breaking probation, but you know he they could they could sentence him for the crime that he committed, where he only got probation, but they didn't. They just sentenced him to breaking his probation. okay. So Ethan did the jail time and was released in 2018 with an ankle monitoring system. Alcohol and drug patches to make sure he was clean and sober. And guess what? What? Just this year, on January 2nd, Ethan Couch was arrested again. No. For testing positive for THC, which is marijuana. Yeah. And he is held currently without bail and could actually be sentenced to a stronger sentence for murdering four people. Hopefully. Well, they actually, it's not murder. They call it intoxicated manslaughter, but he could be sent to prison now, which I think may be the right choice because he clearly needs to learn a freaking lesson. Listen,
2: it reminds me a lot of Aaron Hernandez because, yeah. you know, what triggered him? Well, I mean, I don't know, but you know, if you've watched the Netflix thing and mm-hmm. listened to the podcast Gladiator, which in the podcast, they get more into it, it was he was this star athlete. He could do no wrong. These coaches, when he went yeah. to Florida, they excuse He got into bar fights. He did all this stuff, and they would clean up all his messes. And so they get hooked on that adrenaline, and then it escalates and to more and more and more. And with Aaron, it ended up being murder. And then he like, you know, you know, does one murder, and, and goes in and does two other people or whatever. You know, no they, one tells him no. Yeah, they didn't. In the
1: documentary on Netflix, they didn't get into how much the coaches got him out of.
2: No, they didn't. Trouble. That's why I like the podcast more.
1: I did like the podcast more too because it did get into that and it got into how law enforcement was working with the coaches and whatnot to, to ensure that he wasn't gonna, it wasn't gonna come out. But you're right. It's the same sort of thing. There's no, when there's no consequences
2: for actions At this young age, especially with guys. Yeah. You know, they like, they don't develop until they're like 25 or something. Their brains. So as for Tanya, she has her own drama for your mama. Yeah.
1: Since she has been in and out of jail, just like her son, because she's violated her probation due to methamphetamines. So, oh, no, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree.
2: And I hope she got hit with some like harboring a fugitive.
1: I don't know. Sorry, I didn't look that up. Okay, but whatever. But that's the story of the affluenza teen. Jeez. So we still are kind of in the in a spot that he could still go to jail. Where I mean, it's it's been so many years and he's still these poor families.
2: God, what a slap in the face. Oh my God, I can't. I can't these. And is he on social media? Did you look him up? Yeah.
1: I can't find him anywhere.
2: Mm.
1: It's probably a good thing. I'm sure that people are still like up in arms about the whole thing. Yeah. It's fresh. And I just feel so bad for the victims. I mean, it's so
2: pointless. Worst nightmare as a parent.
1: Yeah. And this poor dad had to lose his entire family. Okay, so that was that, Gretchapo. Yeah. On a lighter note, we do have some shout-outs. Great. Aren't you happy, Gretchy? Yeah. They're all not negative, girlfriend. Oh, good. <laughs> okay, Gretchy. This one is from Kit5678. How did you get that? That's a good... Uh, she must have been an early Apple user. Cool. Right? My new go to podcast. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks, Kit. Kit. Sherry. Sherry's pretty funny. So, Sherry, she says, So funny, five star, love it. And she says that she grew up in Ventura. Oh, hi. So, hey, Sherry. And guess what? She moved to the Slimy Valley. Oh. And. She will always now put her egg bites in the air fryer. Oh. (laughs) It's the best.
2: She's really
1: listening. It's so the best. And make sure they're a little burnt. Oh,
2: no, don't do that.
1: Yes, I love it like that. Okay. Okay. Gretchen likes some cold.
2: Blah. I just, you know, however. Okay.
1: Raina XOXO, love y'all's podcast. Thank you, Raina. April 0876. More Than Just Your Average True Crime. Thanks. Thanks, we April. think so, too. I won't read one of them because, you know. you can suck that, it, asshole.
2: <laughs> he says we're That's disgusting. why I don't even read any of them. Yeah, okay. Beth Ellicott.
1: Love this podcast. Thanks, Beth. Am I getting to ones that we already did? Mary Core 79. Great story. Maybe not. And so glad I found it. Curtis 360. Do you remember any of these? No? Love These Ladies, Ads P, and Crime Junkie, Shelly F77. She says she's a true crime junkie, but she likes to have a little fun, so she loves us. Hey, we sound like our people. Totally. And Thankful Sue, good podcast. I think we did her before. So thank you guys so much for rating us and reviewing us. And if you would like to listen to more of us, check us out on Patreon or Himalaya membership and you get an extra bonus episode every single week plus a deep dive crime every single month. It's a lot of Gretchy and Tab, so you know you've already binged all your true crime. Can listen to more. Come check us out. Come check to it. Crime Con. Oh yeah, we're going to Crime Con, you guys. So if you want to go, it's in Florida, Orlando, where the other Mickey Mouse is. Yeah. And we're gonna be there. Yeah. Be there, be square. You know that. Yeah, it's gonna be real fun. <laughs> <laughs> clink, clink, clink. clink.